And we are back, and this week we are pro minions only, PMO, and uh, I'm joined by a uh, a longtime friend, longtime co-host partner. Um, I can't. I think you've been on here. Yeah, you've been on here before. Pete Schermacher, Pete Shue. How you doing tonight, Pete? Good man. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. The sheriff. I never kind of understood the sheriff. Uh, Scott likes oh. to call you the sheriff, right? I fucking hate that. Um, they uh, <laughs> they go there. They have to place to be boys uh, and girls. I always do this like Christmas thing. Uh, oh uh, yes. In one year, I was the sheriff, and so that's like stuck because I decided to do it with like a yeah an accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I kind of remember that now. I I remember because I always thought I'm like I know Pete. I know you live in Texas, but you're not really from Texas, right? Yeah, like, no, I'm born yeah. in New York. Christ's sakes and stuff. Yeah, um, but you know, you're not a big. You're not a. I mean, you are. I guess a Texan. Whenever you live in Texas, yeah. So they all like call a, me the sheriff, and I see him, and I cringe. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> the sheriff, sheriff Schumacher, right? Um, but either way, Pete, I was uh, wanted to have you on because you messaged me out of the blue. You know, whatever, out of the blue. It's like the lines of communication between us are always open. I think we were talking right, about yeah, yeah, yeah. the Hall of Fame the other day too, but uh, asking me what I thought about this action show bangers only four. Um, and you mentioned that you were getting back in, dipping your toe back in on indie wrestling. What's, yeah. uh, what's going on with that? I didn't even know that you had kind of taken time out. I know you weren't paying as much attention, but uh, yeah, what I, was I pretty much dropped it. I mean, completely. I mean, I even dropped my IWTV subscription for off and on. I'd get rid of it and get it back, get rid of it. And I, I just, and I kind of just kind of checked out of wrestling. I was trying to get healthy, but now I've been, uh, I have my dog, and so I spend a lot of time with him. And so I'm like, you know what? I can do this and watch some wrestling, and yeah, back back into my wrestling where I was I was so obsessed with losing weight. Now I'm not so much. I'm more back into drinking beer and stuff. Uh, I'm not obsessed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I dropped uh, like uh, what was it? I think I dropped like 120 pounds. I think I've gained like 40 of it back or something, 50 of it back in the last. Uh, two and a half, three years, <laughs> but, uh, not bad, uh, not bad, but it's just, you know, but I'm now back to, I'm, 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 I'm able to do, I'm trying to lose weight, uh, but both my knee bothering me. It's like, it's almost like I got to wait till summertime so I can do a little bit more, uh, work in the pool. And I'm going to try that new gimmick thing where there's the boxing thing, the, but I forget what it's called, uh, and, and do that. But, uh, but I've been getting back into watching more wrestling. Um, and then, and then I've actually got really got into CMLL, and um, and then I'm like, okay, and I get, and I started back watching some New Japan and AEW. I, I still can't get around to watching WWE. That just is just, uh, I just can't. You can't. Uh, oh come on, that. it's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. WWE thing. is so back. They got Cody. They got uh, Randy Orton. They got CM Punk. Come on. Everyone knows. Yeah, it's I mean, great they, now. they can have all the stars in the world, but <laughs> if you don't like the way they present their product, uh, yeah. I mean, I've never liked the way they present their product. Uh, and it's just never been my thing. Uh, and I, and I, I just, you know, I even, I mean, I watched, I guess I watched the main, I watched the Survivor Series main event with the men's. And it was just like, you know, I'm like, everything, I'm, I'm putting them all in a, that's just, I just not my thing. But you know, but people find happiness watching it. That's great. Um, I don't. Yes. And I don't have the time for that. 
And like you know, and I can understand why people don't have the time to watch WWE, AEW, Indies. I mean, there's just there's plenty of wrestling to find that you can find and and enjoy. And for me, I, I watch. I try to watch the. I I try to watch the two big. I I, could, I get the CML streaming service, so I watch that um, on Tuesdays and Fridays usually, and um, and then I I uh, I started getting back into you know, watching some AEW. I think they're getting better now with the um, uh, the Continental Classic is getting. It's fun to watch that. Um, they're still they're still they're still off. To my opinion, they're still off on a lot of stuff. Um, like even now, even now, like a lot of the I heard the dynamite got a lot of good reviews because it had so much wrestling on it. Sometimes too much wrestling is too much wrestling. Where I think it's great you're having these long matches in this Continental Classic, but then you really don't need another couple <laughs> matches going 15 minutes with commercial breaks. Sometimes you just need some yeah five six minute matches, and you can get more people on it. Uh, you can keep acts going. But then it's it's all you know, um, like the NGF stuff. I can't stand. They made me hate Roddy Strong, and I lo- I used to love him as a wrestler. But I can't stand his his gimmick. Um, uh, you know, I don't give a shit who the fucking guy is behind the mask at this point. They've dragged that thing out to where I don't care. Um, and so, and then even Tony. I mean, like you know, I I mean I I haven't I, the pay per views are always fun to watch. I guess. But I can't do them in one day. It's they're, 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 it's just that's yeah. how Tony is. He just he doesn't know how to prioritize. So every match gets not every match. I mean that's an exaggeration, but it's like you know they go I'll go thirty minutes, twenty five minutes, or whatever. So you end up having this five hour pay per view um, where you don't if you if you need to prioritize. You know, and I, I mean I know that might be an exact an exaggeration and stuff, but those shows are long. And the so, shows are long. And it's not just that they're long. It's also like you're saying there, like it, it could use some like, uh, you know, quality control where like, like, you know, the PWG thing. Oh, everybody just go and do whatever you want. You have as much time as you want, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And people love to romanticize that. But it's like, okay, that was a, a level of talent that they had there where everyone could handle that. And AEW, you've got, you know, Brian Danielson, Mox, who I think Mox doesn't even want it. If you watch Mox, you give him as much time as he wants and he'll still wrestle like a 10 minute match, 15 minute match. Yeah. But it's like, you got Danielson. Sure. Give him as much time as he wants. Tell him he can do whatever he wants, but you got a lot of guys on there in AEW that don't need and don't deserve and are going to be better off being told you got 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Yep. hundred percent agree. Uh, yeah, so that's where I, I that's you know that's my you know the good the bad the ugly on AEW and my take on it. Um, so, but so I like you know I always was a fan of action, um, and so I'm like let's see what 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 they're where they're they're here now. And I it's funny because I haven't watched a show in probably years of action. Um, so I'm yeah. I'll probably need some help on some of the stuff because like almost everyone seemed new to me um, overall and stuff. But you know it, it is. It's where it's at, you know. And the other thing, we're real quick on AEW is like these TV sure. shows. They really need to be shooting in smaller buildings. Like, look at New Japan. They, they they're shooting shows at eighteen hundred, two thousand seat arenas. It's nothing. Crockett did a lot of great business, and they were shooting uh, television in places that were did four thousand. You know, um, right. and, but there was a super hot Southern crowd that made the product hot. And they need to be different. They don't need to be WWE light. 
They need to be an alternative. And that's what like Crockett was during the eighties to uh to to WWF and stuff. Uh and you know, you so you don't need to compete with them. You don't need to be make as much money as them or this or that. You need an alternative and you just need to be more a little bit more disciplined in the booking and and I, and I, and I think being like booker of the year for how many years he won, I think is, you know, kind of made him feel like he was infallible as a booker. Um, where it's just, you know, AEW was the, was the show for the hardcores who were voting, uh, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the observer, uh, newsletter, uh, polls and not the, not the, the, the 6,000 people or whatever WWF fans are at the, at the building or whatever they're drawing because they draw more casuals. Right. Uh, and, but it's so weird how, how divisive and nasty uh, Twitter is about, about both sides. It's really toxic at this time. Yeah, it's it's out of control how how bad that is. And I was having a, a chat. I think I was like trying to remember, and then I realized it was a uh, you know in the it was in the DM, so it wasn't public. So I can rehash it here a little bit. Um, like the difference that I noticed with like the way that as you talk about the divisiveness and the battle between the two, and a lot of people are talking now about AEW fans like feeling like WWE's you know WWE and WWE fans are sabotaging and they're wishing for you know the demise of aew and it's all unfair and uh you know it's and just being like really kind of like whining and complaining about it and being like really weak about it and also probably overstating it where like to say aew fans hate or wwe fans hate aew and want it and it's like they just kind of don't care but i was thinking about the comparison to like ecw and ecw i think that the biggest negative that came when it comes to that is that they kind of really made it just so in vogue to do the the crowd is chanting ec dub ec dub and the yeah. crowd is the crowd backs the company not the wrestlers and the crowd is so divisive about but the the positive was the re and the reason why it worked in that and that's why Heyman is you know a genius for whatever your opinion in, of him is he is a genius in a lot of ways um like that it was no, no, no. We're great. They suck. It doesn't matter that they make more money than us. It doesn't matter that they're on TV. We're doing cool stuff. We're edgy. We're. It's not like, oh, woe is me. It's it's so not fair. We're getting bullied and picked on by them. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah. We're different. We're we're the second. We're the underdog. But it's like good. It's good that we're the underdog because you know some of that attitude. You don't deserve it. If oh WWE fans, you don't like AEW. Good. You're not smart enough to understand it. You don't appreciate it. You don't enjoy it. Fuck off. We don't want you. And some of that attitude would actually help. But you know the way customer service is now, everybody thinks you can't act like that. And I understand yeah. it in a way. But honestly, like people will hear that, will see that, and they'll kind of go like. Hey, what, you know, maybe I do want to kind of check that out. Like, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe that is cool. Maybe what's going on over there is interesting. Maybe I should try it rather than being like, you know, digging your heels in and being like, no, they suck, you know, and then that whining on the other end. Yeah. It's just, it is kind of obnoxious the way all that, that is now between the, the tribalism and, and the way they look at it. And I mean, relatively recently, I kind of, on this show, we've said, like, I'm not going to review every AEW show. I don't care. I don't. And I really kind of checked out on it in general. I, you talked about WWE is not for you. I mean, I just television wrestling is not for me. Like, I've, I've realized it. AEW is better in a lot of ways, and I can stand watching it. But I can't watch WWE the way that they present things, as you said. It's not even. And that's the thing I think people misunderstand. I'm not even talking about the storylines, which are bad. I'm not even necessarily talking about the promos, which are also bad. But I'm talking about the production. 
like the bright lights, the AI graphic things, the, the, you know, the holograms on the, like that stuff all gives me a headache. It takes me out of what I'm watching. I can't enjoy it. Well, even even the that God awful looking. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks cheap and, and just overly polished and also cheap at the same time. And it's all produced really bad. So I just, it's just not for me in that regard, even beyond like the output or the quality of, of the content, you know? Exactly. I can uh, totally understand that. So you mentioned, I know you've been watching CMLL. I know you had been, you were going to some Lucha shows somewhat regularly. And I yeah. know um, Final Battle was in your neck of the woods somewhat. It was down there in Texas. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, about how, a four hour drive, five hour drive. That's still pretty far from you. Yeah. Um, but I did, and maybe you can help me out with this then, because also I, I you know, I didn't even look at the the typography of stuff. But I did hear some people mentioning how AEW was not drawing that well in the you know DFW area there, um, and that the Martinez family promotions, which I know you've gone to some of their shows, had run a big show relatively recently that drew pretty well, and almost people, I think someone was almost making like a like that might have somewhat hurt the market for AEW. Do you know anything about that Martinez show that happened oh, recently and how it big it was? It must have been the one yeah, we had Vikingo on it. it. Probably, I would guess so, yeah. Yeah, I didn't go to it, but yeah, I had Vikingo uh, worked uh, Laredo Kid. It was, yeah, it was just, uh, uh, maybe it was like uh, two weeks ago. Okay, and do you think that it was close by enough and big enough that it might have burnt yeah. out the crowd or the, the it area? It could have been. I mean, maybe a week uh, when, it, when they ran Dallas um martinez ran a show and i was there and it had like five thousand people four thousand people yeah yeah and this was on the 10th so it was you know five days earlier so you know um it was not like it was yeah it was like it was sunday so it was like less than a week ago technically um, and it, it, it and definitely it drew like that's the whole thing is and Mar i mean i go to those martinez shows and I'm one of the few white people there, uh, which is sure. not a, a slam or anything whatsoever. It draws a heavy Hispanic. He has a loyal Hispanic following, um, and I mean, it, 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 even I'm, I mean, it, it normally draws between at least depending on what we what the lineup is. But I mean, I've seen as low as like when uh, when they did the, uh, the lowest I ever saw was when they did like the USA versus Mexico or the world. You know what I'm talking about. Um, where we had uh, Jonathan Gresham work uh, uh, Aramis and, uh, you know, when they did the score, oh, yeah. kept the Okay. Like, that was yeah, the yeah, lowest drawing one. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't aimed towards Lucha fans. Um, and he wasn't the main uh, sponsor of it. He was one of the guys, but he wasn't um, the, the main, main one. But uh, he usually on his own, when he depending on who he has, if he has Santo there, they're good to draw 2,000 people. If he has Blue Demon Jr., he's good to draw like 1,000 people. It all depends on who he has, you know, on, on his card. But it fluctuates usually from 500 up to 5,000 and stuff. But he usually draws pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't believe I don't buy into that affected and hurt the final battle um, draw, which I kind of heard people you know, kind of making or someone kind of making that claim. But I would say that it does. It just makes it more glaring that the Martinez promotion that I mean, fuck, to, like Tony, like we talked about Tony, Tony is not Vince McMahon. And Vince even used to do this. We've thought I've heard you talk about this in the past, talking about uh, Houston footage and stuff like and, you know, obviously I've heard of it other places as well. But but that Vince would have Bosch be his co-promoter running in Texas and stuff. And it's like, why is Tony not doing something like that with this Martinez promotion? Like he should 
he should have contacted them to help him promote this show in some way, right? With the yeah, with the level of, of draw that this guy's doing, you know? And that's the whole thing. I mean, look at it. That card came out like last it almost it was like put together last week. Finally the big matches last, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of it was all put together like last week and then and then a cut like a day before they threw on a couple more matches. And it was the stuff that I think would have probably actually drawn, like yeah. that they announced last minute, which was like the Von Eriks. Uh, yeah. Brian Keith, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I think I think those are the the local draws that will actually get some people to pay attention. And you got yeah, Shane Taylor, guys. yeah, yeah, and the Lucha guys. Obviously, you got yeah, you got you got Vikingo and Taurus defending the AA, the AAA, AAA. Right. I'm like doing white boy AAA thing. Um, title like that's a big one that could have actually drawn from the the crowd there. Um, Shane Taylor, another one who you could have him in something that feels important. And and even Keith Lee, who's in the same match, I think those guys are local Texas guys that yeah. have in the past been pretty over in Texas. They could have helped you in some way. But uh, instead, yeah, you just kind of throw those out there last minute. And then meanwhile, you like a week before you announce. I mean, you know, I'm not going to shit on like uh, that, the, the trios match with FTR and Mark Briscoe versus the Blackpool Combat Club. But, you know, that's not uh, that's not like a huge <laughs> drawing match, really, to me on paper. It's just I think really they're romanticizing isn't. the ROH and uh, a little too much where our again, guys, I mean, ROH never drew huge. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it was, a, you know, it was a memorial match for for Jay Briscoe. Uh, but you got to remember, again, it's what what type of star was Jay? Was he was he transit? Was he that huge of a star where people, you know, it's not like Sting retiring, you know? Yeah, and especially not in Texas. I mean, yeah. I don't think the Briscoes were hugely over acts in Texas. They don't have a lot of history in Texas, right? So no, they know. were never. I mean, they were. Yeah, it was. They were, I mean, our Ring of Honor would run Texas twice a year, um, yeah. in San Antonio, um, which so it wasn't even Dallas. And they did. I think they maybe ran Dallas a little bit here and there. Um, sure, but yeah, yeah, it's just. It's it's just odd. I don't know if you watched any of the the final battle show, but it was definitely a worthwhile show to check out. Um, no, I did not. I would definitely recommend for you, especially and for anyone, to check out the Kingston Anthony Henry match, and obviously the main event with Athena and Billy Starks, who we'll talk about here on the action yeah. show as well. Um, but yeah, it was you know good show. But yeah, either way, it's just interesting to think about that. Um, and yeah, it's hard for them to have bad shows. I mean, they have so much talent. Sure. I mean, that's they're gonna. That's what everyone says. It doesn't really matter. That then they'll never draw as well as they possibly could if you're just putting things on at the last minute. Oh, I, I might not on paper might not seem that great, but I know they're gonna de deliver. That's a crappy uh, uh, way to uh, have fans. If your fans don't believe, and that's uh, they've got to, you got to get a hook, and you got to make these people draws. Um, for for you to draw, you got to protect them better, yeah. or uh, treat them better, or treat them as stars, or you know, there's just you know, you got to create stars. It doesn't matter how great the matches are. You got to have people who the audience considers stars. And in AEW right now, I mean, it might be only a handful of guys, but there's guys on that roster. Who I really think they could make into stars if they treated them better. Yeah, they have plenty of people across the rosters who are, as you said, insanely talented, tons of talent, but also people who could be stars they have and charisma, could, and they have yeah. star aura and stuff like that. 
yeah, they just gotta just gotta get behind them, you know, and actually push them and 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 have the and booking keep make them sense. On TV. But, yeah. Yes. Which the the you know the C two has done a good job of of helping build that a little bit. Actually, seeing people, um, you know, repeatedly and have matches repeatedly and look like stars repeatedly, and that's one yeah. thing. I think, you know, this is not the point of this podcast that we're doing right now, but no. that is one thing that I find odd people like talking about the booking and, and, oh, you know, it's the it's the winners and the losers. And I'm like, yeah, like, I understand that that's not the most interesting way to book around Robin tournament like that. But we yeah. are like we are hitting the reset button, <laughs> right? To steal the, yeah. uh, the the Dylan Hales line, you know, we're, we're, we're resetting the Nintendo on this one. And like, you got to do the most basic thing, which is book the stars to win and book the, yeah. you know, upper job guys to lose yeah. just so that people are seeing them. <laughs> seeing yep. them win on tv every week so yeah um either way as i said not the point of the show the point of the show is to talk about action now um for my money action wrestling is the you know it's in the conversation of the top two independent promotions in america right now um continues to be um dpw is the other one dpw deadlock pro which i think has come around in the time that you've been not really paying attention to wrestling they just uh released their second anniversary show today live it was it was taped or they just released it today it was live taped like maybe a week or so ago um they've got like bojack who's on this show he's like a big star for them um colby carino they use regularly and really well uh you know there's like a lot of there's a lot of guys that you might be familiar with that are on the um on their shows um you know but uh but yeah it's it's i mean really really well done wrestling very similar to action in a lot of ways um, but they've got their own guys and they just had kind of a bit of a reset um, where now is like probably a good time to jump in. If you do happen to get a chance to check it out, it's tough because they're like a you have to watch their shows on Patreon kind of thing. So it's like it sucks because they basically have to pay just to watch them as their own thing. But that's also because it's a podcast like the show is put together by these podcasters who just are really popular doing wrestling podcasts for years. And have just like started their own wrestling promotion, and somehow it worked, which is pretty crazy. Because uh, yeah, normally something like that wouldn't sounds work pretty out. Cool, but... Oh, yeah, but yeah, it sounds yeah. like no way. But yeah, yeah, but it actually worked out. So, so yeah, but on the inverse, <laughs> this action show is kind of the end of something that maybe you missed because, like you said, you've been checked out for a while. The Adam Priest title reign, like you haven't seen any of this. You might even not be familiar with it. So it's very funny to have no. you see him yeah. losing the title here. Um, which spoiler for people who haven't seen the show yet, but for some reason are going to listen to the review. Um, either way, open up Diego Hill taking on Landon Hale. Um, two guys that I would assume maybe you're not familiar with. Hale, I am. Okay. Did you see Hale in like the SCI and stuff? Or yeah, in the futures actually a couple years ago. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, I thought he should work a little bit more Southern uh, as opposed yes, to yes. flippy floppy that he does. Um, that's kind of the thing here is this is an interesting match to get exposed to him. Him and Diego Hill are both really talented at this kind of match, you know, and there's some stuff in here that I could definitely see is like groan inducing. But at the same time, you know me and I will still kind of enjoy that. The double handspring into the flying, uh, you know, back neck breakers, obviously dumb as hell, but yeah. just so. But to me, it's just so like thoughtful innovative and it is kind of like okay well you thought of something that you shouldn't have done but i just you liked know, it the, i thought it was kind of neat the spot i here's where i thought about the spot i thought it worked for this match because they were doing mirror 
oh. sequences early. But that was the one question I had was, have these guys ever wrestled each other? Not, you know, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But not um, in a, I, not like you not like you not like they're glued to the hip like you know like no like Eddie yeah. Guerrero and Dean Malenko would do mirror no. spots, uh, Jericho and Ultimo Dragon would do Hoovy and Ray would do uh, mirror spots. So to me, doing mirror spots on like your first time you're wrestling somebody or even the second time is yeah. isn't earned. And so that next spot, the double neck breaker spots, if they were doing. If they were, if it was guys who were, had been, if maybe they're on a match, they've, they've been working each other for months or years or something. It's a spot that might be earned, or, you know, uh, you can see each other doing something like that. But for me, I felt it felt shallow and, and hollow uh, because it, I don't think this, I don't think it was earned. Definitely. I definitely see that. And that's kind of where I, where I, you know, it's similar to where I come down on it. I agree with everything you said there. Um, and it's just it's just that even though on paper and as I said, it's even just goofy in actuality how it's done, um, the the idea, the concept, I think, is neat and again, would be better suited in another place. And that's the problem is that with the indies and with the way things are now, everyone is just kind of doing stuff and you don't really know when you're going to get to wrestle each other again. Even oh, if yeah. this is your first match, you want to do all the cool stuff you can come up with. Because you you don't know if you're going to wrestle this guy ever again. So they're I, I wrestling definitely... for gifts. I mean, or gifts, exactly. whatever you want to call them. I mean, I'm fifty something. Give me a break. But yeah, um, that's but what Hale... it is. Oh yeah, definitely. But Hale, on that note though, like Hale is good at the Southern style. Like you're telling storytelling and selling, and he really got to show that off in the SCI this year. Um, he got busted open in the first round and kind of played off of that throughout the tournament and made it all the way to the finals into the final two. And so like it was a real, and you know, obviously <laughs> I hate to spoil that for you, but, uh, but Dylan obviously already did that if you were listening to the commentary here. Um, so like you got to see how he was much better at that style, as you mentioned there. So yeah, like this was fireworks match because these two guys are both incredibly talented at that kind of match. Um, so they were just going out there to do it. And yeah, like, would it have been better if, they had been told, like, lay some groundwork and build something up and we'll do a bigger match later. Yes, but again, I don't think they know that they're going to ever wrestle again, so they want to just yeah. get everything they can out of there. Do you have any other thoughts on this match? No, that's about it. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, for what it was. Uh, I don't know if I would have opened with this match. I think I would have think, I think I opened up with, with the, the Flacco match, to tell you the truth, and Shannon sure. Thomas. Um, but I know the new the new methodology is hey let's get a hot I mean even not just for, for indies but WWE uh, is always I mean how they started the shows with ladder matches for Christ's sakes um, we've seen um, I mean I remember at um, uh, Inspire Pro they'd say they'd make a big deal about the opening match that's also the main event you know. Um, we put on a great match to open up the show that people yeah. either want to do this or the main event. And I understand that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm more of a, let's start something. So let's start slow and then move in. And, and like, uh, and I think this would play better a little bit in the middle of the card to yeah. open up the, the wake to get the audience uh, salivating. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely see your point. Um, I think, maybe for me and my kind of my taste, I would say, and I see where you're coming from with that. Like I would have maybe opened with the, uh, the squatting dragons, you know, uh, tag team match, especially because 
to, to me, to my mind, if you're going to have a substitution or a change or anything, you either, and maybe they did and it's just not on the you know feed, but you announce it early or you open the show with the change so that people are not, you know, sitting in the show expecting something that they're not going to get. Um, right. And then also, I think it's an equal, like a match that had kind of some heel work and some storytelling that would be good to get the crowd settled into the show and not, again, like you said, doing fireworks and trying to burn them out in the first match or in the, you know, opening the show. Um, yeah. That said, I mean, the Channing Thomas and 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 uh, Flacco match would be equally good. It's like hot baby faces that the crowd are into doing a kind of slower, you know, just kind of a heel story match. Yeah. And maybe um, they would have got a little bit more time too. When they open the sure. show. Sure, sure. Um, the next one up is uh Rachel Armstrong taking on Deity. Um, Rachel Armstrong kind of feels like a project for the, you know, action SCI crew. I think Rachel won the SCI futures this year. Um, and I could definitely see where they're coming from. She's it's kind of interesting because you don't want to like just have her be presented as like, you know, the new Billy Starks or whatever. That's and she's what not, she is. <laughs> yeah. She's not in some ways, uh, like she wrestles a lot more rugged now, even from the beginning than Billy Starks okay, did in the beginning. But, um, but uh, yeah, the, it is kind of feel, it does kind of feel like you're just trying to repeat that. But uh, what were your thoughts on, on this match and these two? I, you know, I, I didn't really like the match, but I like the psychology of the match. Um, I thought some of the stuff seemed off. Uh, like Daity selling seemed a little chunky, but I, but I but I like this uh, and I, I like this. I did like the story of the big, the, the big monstrous lady versus the young plucky baby face. Um, but I just some of the some of the stuff seemed off. It seemed like the story they had a story, but it just the match felt green, like like they just weren't polished. Yeah, I can definitely see that and uh, and not disagree. Um, it was not, you know, two old hand veterans in there, but it was at least had a backbone of something that made sense. So it was easy yes. to just stick to that and deliver. Yes, something I mean, I know I, I'm all yeah. I'm, trust me. I, I love the fact that they were smart enough not to, you know, I've seen guys who are five foot two working guys, six, four, and they're going 50 50. And, you know, these, the big guys are selling and, uh, and we're, we're, you know, I'm sorry, you got a big person shouldn't be selling as much uh, uh, when you when you have the monster versus the smaller person. And so I really do appreciate that they got the story right, because if you have the story wrong, it doesn't matter how, how good you are, how cool you are. Right. Speaking of, <laughs> I will say executed really well on one side in a similar way, but maybe not as well on the other. Austin Luke taking on Bojack here and. Bojack, obviously, I'm a fan of Bojack. I think he's great. He does everything well. He did everything well here. Same idea. He's not overselling. He's not doing anything that he shouldn't do. He's not being anything but Bojack. But Austin Luke trying to wrestle as if like he should be seen as this big badass who can go stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Bojack and throw kicks and strikes and all this while Bojack is just bringing a brick wall. And he doesn't ever try to adjust his his game plan he doesn't ever even really kind of show ass that he's the smaller guy um and it just to me i just really thought he missed the boat on the psychology of the match and again as you're talking about just the way that he looks and you know comparatively like i just i don't know if if I, i'm just just supposed to think that he's a dumb heel or something or what the what i'm supposed to get from him here but i just kind of got like a guy who is just trying to go out there and, and I hate to say this because, you know, it's 
antiquated term and it's kind of mean, but like cosplay wrestler. Um, and that was kind of an issue for me. And and he comes kind of somewhat highly touted as an H2O guy, but I just did not, I did not see much that I enjoyed here from Austin Luke while Bojack, I thought was really good at doing Bojack. But uh, what did you think? Yeah, I thought Bojack was really good at being Bojack. I liked Austin Luke here. I thought he, I thought he did a pretty good job. I liked the leg kicks of trying to chop down the monster. I like that part of it. Um, I thought they did a really good job of when uh, Bojack was giving to uh, Austin Luke, but we did. I thought they did some really nice cutoffs. To then when he got to, got the heat back on him, I thought it was well done. I, I think I liked this match more than you did by uh, a good chunk. Um, I, I thought Luke, uh, when he needed to sell, he sold well. Uh, but you know, Austin Luke, I think he's taller than Bojack. So I mean, at least it's a at least there's a height thing. Um, Bojack's definitely much thicker. But yeah, but I but I I I I I thought this was like the second best match on the show, to tell you the truth. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. I, mean, I guess we are way off from each other. I just yeah, something about Austin Luke just didn't speak to me, even if I did think that Bojack was great here. And I wouldn't say that the match was bad. I just I just yeah, like I said, I felt like Austin Luke just wrestled the same as he would against anyone, and Bojack presents himself so well as a monster that I would expect to see him try to change his game plan up a little bit. It just um, you know maybe because maybe just seeing like the bigger monster as in in uh, uh, later in the in the main event he's huge well sure. Bojack's big but he's just five eight or something you know sure, uh, sure. Um, he doesn't you know he doesn't have that he's able to portray it on the indies well enough because he's thick and and wide and stuff and but I I, I thought Austin Luke had an inch or two on him so I could buy him be able to go toe to toe with him just because he's was standing taller than him and stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, oh, that's fair. That's fair. I, uh, yeah, just didn't, just didn't say it. Um, follow this up. we got like a big kind of angle thing with, uh, the return of, Oh Jesus. How am I forgetting his name? Ah, oh, I'm so bad at this. I'm so bad right now that I forgot. Uh, Oh God. What is it? It's like money, something money. Do you know what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about? Um, either way. And, um, Sugar Dunkerton comes and cuts him off. I cannot believe I am forgetting this. Matt Sells. Okay, Jesus. Thank yeah, God. okay. Uh, yeah, Matt Sells um, returning, gets cut off by Sugar Dunkerton. There's a lot going on here, and it's tough There's because... too much going on here. Yeah, I was going to say it's tough because you're like saying, oh, you know, you're going to have to help hold my hand through this, and I, I am really kind of... Lo- I lost the plot on this. They got the Pineapple Pete reference thing, which just seems like, what's the What's the point of that? Yeah, it's just um, so old. Yeah, and nobody has really been making that. Then you're, you know, obviously, I guess it's. And you got to be really inside to get that too. Honestly, it's. I don't think it's like <laughs> a, a character that like everybody knows. Sure, I mean, I guess it was on national TV, but you know, it's like it was not. It was very blip. It was a quick blip, and like, oh yeah, whatever. But yeah, it was just. And then the scissors, and I almost fucking, I almost lost it because I talked about DPW, and they. They pulled this thing where their their you know big big bad heel had kind of dreadlocks similar to uh, to Sugar here, and they cut uh-huh. his hair in the middle of a match, and they just cut it. And I was like, they're not gonna fucking just cut this guy's hair in the middle of an angle and just actually do it, you know. And and normally, obviously, I would never think that they would do that, right? Because right. why would you? That's fucking stupid. Don't waste it. If you're gonna cut the hair in the ring, make it the stip, right? But, yeah. you know, because I just saw someone do it, I was like, oh, they're not going to do this shit again. And then obviously that gets cut off. But yeah, it just there was a lot of twists and turns here. 
And I think, again, keep it a little bit more simple would be a little bit better. And that's one thing that action usually does really well. Um, This was just, this got a little convoluted with just a little bit too much. Yeah, even like, and then you have Jaden shows up wearing a mask for all of 10 seconds, if that. Right. Um, it's like, why? Why? Um, <laughs> I guess to make yeah, it, it even a more swerve. of a surprise. It's yeah. so... He, the, him coming out, oh, that's the pop. Him, you know, it, like it's like he unmasked and really wasn't even much of a pop to it because uh, the pop is the guy saving him. Um, and revealing him is Jaden, who... You know, I like Jaden, but he's not this like transcendent superstar or something. You know, um, it it just you know it, yeah, it it, it was it was just it was, it, was, it was just too much going on, too much going on. Yeah, you got that. Then you got the wall guy coming out. Yeah, it's just who needs all that? Whatever. Um, either way, we'll yeah. move on and and just could have kept it a little bit more simple. Either way, follow this up match. I already kind of referenced and kind of referenced. Unfortunately. Maybe a bit of a letdown, and I hate to say that, but it was supposed to be out of this world, taking on the squatting dragons. Um, and I mean, you know, whatever people can say, whatever they like, but like, if a match was supposed to have Ace Royal in it, and then now it doesn't, like, of course it's a downgrade, right? He's one of yeah. the best wrestlers going. So I'm not being sexist or anything weird like that. Um, it's just there's not a lot of wrestlers that you could replace eric royal with and i'm gonna be like oh good you know i'm always gonna be a little bit disappointed either way um it's bk and ella envy who i think is like tna women's tag team champion i think that's what she has with her when she comes out or not tna ah. nwa yeah okay. so she's the she's the nwa world women's tag team champion and that's the belt that she's got with her which is kind of funny to just think about i mean whatever i mean it's nwa are they are they really much bigger than action i don't know maybe maybe nah, not. i Either don't way. think so i mean yeah they might yeah, spend a way more but yeah. <laughs> you know that's about it yeah they're they're the only thing that they really have in common is their owners are both bald right um exactly uh, <laughs> taking on the squatting dragons pete what did you think about uh all of this because i don't even know if you're familiar with the squatting dragons i am familiar with the squatting dragons um i've always liked them i'm, I'm and last time i saw wade man he looks like he's put on 25 pounds of muscle um yeah man uh, so he's looking like he could be a killer so good for him um i liked ella envy i thought she had a lot of charisma i thought she was a pretty good heel in this match uh they told a pretty basic, you know, uh, Southern tag match, and I thought it it all worked. Um, Aaron Wade, um, you know, I mean uh, Cody Manhorn. I mean, I'm sorry, you can believe him getting whooped up by uh, Ella Envy because he's not, you know, ripped and stuff. Um, sure. He's, you know, he's healthy. Don't get me wrong. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I like BK Westbrook in this match. I thought he was really good. I thought he was real sleazy where you want to see him get a comeuppance. Um, so I, the match worked for me. Yeah, BK is a guy who's like very high on my you know on my list. He keeps moving up and up really quickly. Yeah. Um, Aaron Wade, similarly to you, like you said, I I really had the revelation recently that he's like he's a guy who can start to be taken seriously. Like he was kind of a goof for a while there, but yeah, he's he's got it and. Uh, and um yeah ella envy i mean from everything i hear because i don't really pay attention to nwa i don't watch it like her act which is like the pretty empowered it's a it's a female unit is like one of the better things on the show and it it shows here as you said with the charisma with the way that they worked um 
Manhorn, Manhorn the next night has a big match with Makabe that's really, actually really good. And you said yeah, that I you can believe it, yeah. get... I plan on checking it out, though. Definitely recommend giving that one a watch. And you talked about, you know, you can believe him getting beat up, you know, by a woman, which like, yes, you can. But he's also a vicious shooter. You know, he, he, he can go. He actually went on the mat pretty good. So, you know, he I and I didn't know this, but Dylan, I think, mentioned something about like he went to Olympic trials even. So the guy is a high level amateur wrestler as well. So, yeah, it is it, it is funny because he can sell and he looks like he could take a well beating from anybody, but he actually is legit, you know, Um, but. I mean, comparatively, as you talked about with Hale, this is why BK is is really high on my list. And, you know, I hate to hate to shit on Hale because I do really like him and he just didn't really show it here for you tonight, what he can do. But BK can do all that fireworks, high flying shit, too. But in this match, he played the shit inning heel. It's what he's good at. Normally, with when he has Eric Royal, Eric Royal can kind of be the heater and he can hit some of the spots and bump and sell and stuff. But here he was kind of more of the, you know, the shitty dominant bad guy heel. Um, and he was, you know, taking playing the shortcuts and doing stick. all Yeah. Yeah. Doing, playing up the couple stick, playing up the heel. And he did not feel the need again to shoehorn in like, oh, let me do some cool spots because I can do them. Right. He, he did not hurt the match because he just wanted to hit some spots. And, and I mean, that also obviously comes with being over. And I think that BK has a spot in a place like action where I think that he probably knows that he's safe. He doesn't need to go out here every night and think that he needs to show off to get b- return bookings because obviously he's going to get booked. He's fucking great, you know, so he's going to be he's going to be brought back. Um, So, yeah, there is that. But yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Um, Follow this up. Big tag match or big singles match. The match that kind of sold the show in a lot of ways. One of the matches that sells the show. Billy Starks getting her birthday present, taking on the wrestling genius Daniel Maccabe. Um I think did I did I have you open up the last one? I don't really care, and I would rather let you open this one if you don't mind, Pete. Do you mind That's opening fun. up yeah, this I, match? Give your thoughts. I love the match, um, and I'm not. A, I am a guy who's not a fan of man versus woman matches, but uh, they made this work perfectly because Billy Starks is a great, great baby face. Dan is a great overall wrestler. He's best known for his mat wrestling, which we got to see here, but we saw the viciousness of it. I mean, I kind of felt like, I, I mean, I, Dan reminds me a lot of like a Nick Bockwinkle where he, I mean, I'm, I'm in my mind, this is how the match happened. Like he walks into the locker room and goes, give me Starks. I'll take, I'll make that baby face, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I just feel like, I mean, from Billy's op- the little, little opening, you know, the little mat work opening and then Billy, uh, Dan getting the heat on Billy and, the leg lock spot on the floor and Billy selling and selling. I mean, it, it was a classic, you know, I mean, even though it was like a, you know, baby face match, Dan playing a little bit more of a little subtle, I don't even say subtle heel, but he was definitely being like the bully and vicious um, and really getting good heat on her. And, uh, and then she sold everything that needed to be, and we build to it, and then Dan takes that nasty bump uh, uh, and set up the finish, which was just great. Um, I, I man, it was just just paint. I mean, it was just a great, great storytelling match with both playing to their strengths, which is Dan, uh, you know, destroying uh, Billy's legs and Billy selling them. Um, which you know, there's nothing better than we're able to get two wrestlers that are able to play to both their strengths, and it ended up being a really strong match, and my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I have to agree with everything there. Um, 
even though the main event had guys that I absolutely adore, I think a three-way is just intrinsically hard to pull off. Yeah. And yeah, this was the match of the night. Um, everything you said there, I have to echo. I, you know, I did, a, I did my little background research. I had to get the the intel, and and who knows? Because you know, I I do sometimes ask to not to not to be you know, let in and, and kayfabed somewhat. So maybe it was a plant, but I did want to find out what was the, what was the person early on? What were they saying? What were they doing that that caught Dan's attention so much that he had to go off to, to yell at the crowd for a bit early on. Um, and it was, you know, someone in the crowd giving Dan shit for wearing a shirt, which is absolutely fucking stupid and pointless. Um, but <laughs> in some ways, as I say, maybe it's a plant because in some ways it played into the story of the match. As you talked about Dan's subtle heelness that towards the end of the match, he's continuing to to yell at and poke at the crowd. And it kind of set it up to where it made sense. It didn't come out of nowhere. Oh, Dan McCabe, he's always so popular in the South. He's a nice guy, but he's right. wrestling Billy Starks. So he needs to be a jerk. So he's just going to start healing on the crowd just because. No, like the crowd was giving him shit and he just gave it back. And then as the match continued to go on, it just started to dig at him more and more that like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, why are you? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm not exciting. Oh, I'm not, you know, I don't do a bunch of cool moves like Billy Stark. It was perfect. And it did kind of it played into maybe a real thing, maybe not, you know, it was, you know, whatever, but either way, that's the joy of watching wrestling, right? As you don't know, but yeah, like from the beginning, even when it was really subtle early on, he's just kind of given shit and rightfully so to someone who's being an idiot, but then it plays into as he goes through the match that more and more he turns on the crowd and he doesn't necessarily turn on Billy. As you said, he doesn't work even subtle heel, but he's in some spots, he's rougher than he needs to be. And yeah. that's, I think, perfect. Like, that's the playing the perfect level. He didn't yep. need to go over the top heel. He didn't need to be a jerk. But just... Yeah, he didn't he like, need to twist the mustache, you know, all that yeah. stuff, you know? No, he just needed to... At, okay, he does the arm ringer. Does he need to slam her face down into the into the, into the the uh, mat off the arm ringer? Especially because she was kind of bagging off because he was selling, like, something yeah. like he had gotten injured? No. Shin breaker on the apron, was that necessary? No, it was not. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff where it's just like, you're going a little bit... A little bit harder than you need to, but you're not really yeah. taking shortcuts and you're not really being a heel. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, just perfect, perfect psychology, perfect setup. Uh, two, again, phenomenal wrestlers of what they're doing. Billy getting to main event, the ROH show, just a couple nights later. Super cool for her. Big, big weekend, big birthday weekend for Big Bill. Um, you know, just phenomenal stuff. And and the Athena match, like I, I think I referenced, kind of told you, check that one out. Definitely worth it. And just I mean, you know, people like to talk about Nick Wayne a lot right now, and he's, you know, he's good. But I mean, when you talk about these young phenom wrestlers like Billy Starks, she's like, she's underneath, underneath the radar a little bit, building, bubbling up. But like, I think she's the one who's going to have that longer term breakthrough. You know, it's just, it's so weird because it's one of these very dumb things that just you hear it a thousand times because it was in some commercial on WWE, but it was the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, talking about Steve Austin, you know, getting over. And he said, yeah, well, like, because it's taking you work and because you're authentically building to get over when you do get over like you'll be over for good yeah. right because the crowd was invested in the story and the building when you got there and that's kind of more the billy thing they like the person who just pops up on screen and everyone goes oh this guy is you know i i, I hate to point this one out because he's a guy that i was into like lee moriarty like he was, oh, this guy, he's a phenom. He's the greatest wrestler in the world. I remember that. People were chanting best in the world yeah. for, for Lee Moriarty. And now you can't find this guy with a fucking telescope, like, nope. you know, or a microscope. You just, where is he? What's he doing? Nobody cares. No one's jocking for Lee Moriarty anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's just sometimes you burn bright and, and you burn fast. Yeah, I didn't um, know this, but I guess on I noticed I saw it on Twitter today. I guess I was at Billy Starks' first match. Oh, wow. 
That's yeah, really it was neat. A, yeah. It was a, I guess it was a Papa Hale show. It was during an SCI oh, yeah, yeah. thing where I went down to action where they brought it up. And I'm like, wow, I remember seeing her. And I'm like, man, she has something. She has an it factor. Um, uh, and uh, and but, but now she's like a pro, you know, it's totally, you know, it's, it's, yeah. and, you know, and you know, no. and the one thing I said, I, I said, I'm not a fan of women and men wrestling. I think it's a, a necessary thing they need to do now because I think it helps the women develop and grow as performers by being able to do some stuff with men. Uh, so I am turning a little bit on that. So there you go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Follow this up. We've got um, Rico Gonzalez taking on TJ Crawford. Um, Rico, I think Rico is is pretty good at what he's got. He's green. He's shaky. He's not the most polished, the most crisp at everything. Um, his selling is not the most in uh, enticing. I guess engaging. Um, you know, all that's all stuff that he can work on. He is relatively young, still relatively green steel, so that's okay. Um, but it does kind of feel like you were talking about it. Like, is this too high up on the card for someone who's in that spot? And and maybe that this is like a booking card structure thing that is like, oh, this is like a cool down match coming off of Starks and Dan- and uh, Makabe because that's going to be kind of one of the big matches on the right. show. I guess kind of whatever. Either way, um, you know, TJ Crawford is a guy who's really gotten on my radar over the past couple of months. He's a creative pro guy. He wrestles in like... Um, wrestling open and, and northeast promotions he's got a really good fire his stuff looks pretty crisp and he also is a, a good at being a hateable heel um he could be insanely cocky and and just like just fucking hate him um again create a pro guy so he'll he might end up on AEW TV way too soon yeah just cuz you know a lot <laughs> of uh, his trainer you know and all and uh and a lot of the other students from there tend to end up on fucking AEW TV before they should be but uh especially if they've got any charisma and this guy I think really does have a ton of charisma he does. um yeah he kind of jumps off the page but but like I said I I think Rico kind of tries some stuff that's maybe a little bit too far from what he can pull off but then when he does pull off like the the specifically the finish on this match the double stomp from the top to the apron, writing it down looked really fucking good when he caught it. So it is kind of like, okay, well, when he catches it, he can he can do some cool stuff. But uh, you know, sometimes he doesn't quite catch it. He's getting over though, so you know the crowd is into him, and and he'll he'll hopefully just continue to improve as he continues to wrestle. But you know, solid match, card placement. This is a match that I think again, as we talked about, would make more sense earlier on in the show than it does later in the show. But um, you know, TJ, TJ Crawford, I think has a ton, a ton there. And is a guy that more people should probably be paying attention to should be getting more on more other people's radars as well. But uh, Pete, what did you think? Yeah, I thought TJ Crawford was a good heel here. Um, I thought his stuff looks looked good. I hated that one spot with Rico um, when he's running around in circles and go to and does the, the, the double hands uh, chop into the corner it looked yeah, yeah. really contrived and looked really bad. Um, with that said, I thought Rico's like he had these flying forearms that looked awesome, and TJ Crawford was just taking like a normal bump and feeding it, feeding for another one. And I'm like, that could be a, his finish. It looked that uh, looked that good. Um, so it just yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. I. I, I really didn't like the match because I thought it was all over the place. Um, but I but I liked aspects of what I saw from both guys, especially TJ. 
Uh, he felt like a, an old Southern pro. Um, but Rico had some stuff. He, I think he really needs to clean up and stuff. Um, but God, those yeah. forearms, though, man. You, you saw what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He, they look really, really nice. They, they could be in a finish, and and they were used just for a casual bump. I mean, they looked they, those. I thought those were the best things he did in the whole match, um, uh, from an offensive standpoint. And uh, they just used it as a transition. And he and, he, and TJ was feeding him like he was a WWE heel, uh, bouncing up and, and feeding <laughs> for him. Um, yeah, it just yeah, not. And it just didn't do it for me. It's just it's so tough. It's 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 so tough with that because yeah, they like just want to do wrestlers just book these matches again, you know, and that's maybe the problem, you know, booking the match in the back and just yeah. memorizing all the spots that you're gonna do and not really feeling it, and and also again thinking about like when something looks really good, just really selling it and adding yeah. some steam to and it. Sell, it yeah, yeah, but unfortunately, it's like no, we're gonna do this big, you know, hot and and also like you talked about bumping, like bumping and feeding like that for like just a random spot in the mat. Like it's, you know, it's a comeback spot, but like, that's really a hot tag spot. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and the reason why it's a hot tag is because you have multiple people to bump and sell for you instead of one yeah. guy who's, who can't register the, anything you're doing. So really, yes, you're doing a ton of offense, but it looks like none of it's doing anything because yeah. the guy just keeps popping right back up. So yeah. anyway, and, you know, and, you know and, and to say, you know what I'm, I'm complaining about some of the stuff, uh, even, even pros like Vikingo and Taurus, uh, I guess on that ring of honor, pay-per-view oh, yeah blew blew the spot and went right back to it blew it again instead of you know if we bother once i'm a fan get the hell out of there and yes uh, i don't yeah. care who you're gonna blame it's just yeah just do an audible or something but yeah i mean we are making too big of a deal you blew a spot and went to it yeah it's stupid but um yeah you know i, I didn't see the whole match so i don't know uh right you know how great it was i'm sure it was good uh because those guys are really both are really good workers, um, but yeah, but it just showed that even guys who've been around and Tarus has been around uh, as is a pro and is a, a great, great, great base. Uh, people can make you know make mistakes and him standing there just you know maybe yeah. he should have gone in there and grabbed his off, grabbed his leg and pulled him down and do a quick little punch and maybe they could have gone back to the spot later or just dropped the spot. Right. No, I know. It's that's the thing. And that match was good. Um, but yeah, uh, but it's funny because, you know, I saw Taurus live a couple weeks ago and like the thing now in, in that match as well, this the best part of the Taurus match was him flying. Taurus did yeah. a big tornado dive to the floor. Yeah. He did, you know, some big high spots. And it's just like, yeah, this is I don't know what's going on with Taurus, but he's like wanting to fly more and more. And, and it's like that's the best part of his matches now. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen him wrestle live probably, you know, I'd probably say 12 to 20 times. And he, I've seen him work so many different. I've seen him just be the base, uh, catching people. I've seen him fly. I've seen him do brawls. Um, nice, because he throws a great punch and he's big. Um, yeah. You know, uh, people don't realize how big he is, but he's big, he's a big mofo. So yeah, I, I hope he. I hope he gets a fair shake. And you know, I hope they. I wouldn't mind seeing him and doing some more AEW because he does has a kind of does have a cool kind of gimmick and stuff. Um, yeah, you know. I yeah I think it, it it you know anything can be goofy the Undertaker right it's the same thing yeah. it's like it's a uh, Mantar versus it. the Undertaker right like yeah. on paper either of them can be goofy or bad or whatever but yeah. it's the guy it's the guy that pulls it off it doesn't matter yeah. the gimmicks do not really matter um, yeah and how and how you present it you know yeah 
speaking of gimmicks not mattering, we got uh, Channing Thomas, a guy who I've been somewhat high on, dipping my toe more and more, thinking he's getting pretty good, taking on Bobby Flacco, a guy who is just white hot baby face energy constantly and the heart and soul of action wrestling. Yeah. Um, this is a weird match because to me, it feels like they kind of just got in there, got out, didn't do much. Um, but they were incredibly effective at telling a story and getting heat from the crowd. So it's yeah. kind of like, is that good? Did they need to go longer and do more or did they achieve their goal relatively effectively? I mean, it's so tough because when you're sitting here trying to critique wrestling, you kind of want to critique the art form, which is the actual wrestling, you know, the match. Right. But then you also want to critique the, you know, the work and getting over with the crowd. And they did a great job at that, but they also didn't really show you much. Um, I think Channing Thomas, again, like I said, has improved so much from when I early saw him to where everything he does looks good. Everything, even just, you know, he he, he doesn't do a lot here as he talk about, but every kick, every strike, when he throws Flacco onto the ropes to crotch him, it's executed perfectly. Even just going for pins, he's doing everything. It looks good. Nothing looks awkward. He doesn't, again, <laughs> cosplay. He doesn't look like he's playing wrestler. He's a wrestler and he's out there and it looks great. You know what I mean? So even though he doesn't do a ton here, um, he executes it very well. And as I said, get a bunch of heat. The crowd is behind Flacco instantly. Um, Flacco starts kind of the hand stuff that they play off of in the match and then the finish itself um, with, with you know, chant with Thomas getting the win um, was, I thought, ec again, executed. Everything was executed uh, economically, I'll say. Um, it's not going to make any match of the year list. It's under five minutes. But again, like I said, everything was executed very well. What did you uh, what did you think about this one, Pete? Yeah, no, I had nothing to say like. Like Thomas did what he needed to do. I thought he had a lot of charisma, and Bob is Bob. I mean, I I love Bob. So, um, and that's and we got a little short little sprint, but it, it didn't seem like a sprint. Um, and it, it worked, and they they did a total eighty style finish. Uh, that could set up rematches because it feels like you know Bob kind of got screwed a little bit, so they're trying to protect him a little bit. And they were trying to build up his win streak, but they took that away. So, I don't know. It's kind of odd. Um, and I also put a thought they put him in a weird position. Um, uh, and I'm and i I'm with you. I, I think I would have – you know, I understand what you're saying because what they did was effective in the time they had. But these are guys I felt like could they could have done more, could have had a better, better match if uh, if they had a little bit more time. They could have put a couple more swerves and this and that in. Um uh, if they had a little bit more time I and mean, cut some of the time off with some with somebody else or whatever, but I mean, I thought it was a really fun match for what for the time games and what they did. They did well. Yeah, and you reminded me of something there that I meant to say because it was similar to the Starks and and Daniel thing where it is the it's a really good heel and a really good baby face, so they're perfectly yeah. aligned all of that. But we didn't get a chance to really sink our teeth into anything. Um, nope. We we get the main event here. I'll let you open up with your thoughts, and maybe I will be able to <laughs> clean up or fill in any gray areas that you're not sure about. We've got the action champion, Adam Priest. Um, if you are familiar with him, you probably are not familiar with the fact that he's become the biggest babyface in all of action over the past couple, like, year, uh, leading up to him becoming the champion. He's been a no, really I've valiant... No, I've his work as a heel. Okay. Yeah. He became a really valiant, kick-ass, babyface champion for the company, answering all comers. He's taking on Alex Kane, who is aligned with Suge D. I don't. I think they come out here, but he's also a bigger picture. Yeah, in MLW, in with his Balmaye Fight Club, which is becoming kind of a happening, and it's one of the few things that anyone even talks about in MLW. And then obviously, <laughs> cruel is cruel. 
Um, he is the IWTV champion. So you got three big champions. Only Adam Priest's title is on the line, obviously set up. And uh, and all three of these guys are just incredibly good at what their role is. Cruel as the big monster, um, which is you know easy for him because he's just big. Alex Kane as the you know the the in in uh, action he's a heel in MLW he's a babyface, but he is you know a kick-ass young guy, thoroughbred suplex thrower extraordinaire all of that and then adam priest who's the any style valiant babyface champion but uh pete what did you think about the match and, and what did you get out of it all right i like uh alex kane um but he's aligned with the heel the, the probably the lead heel group in this company and he doesn't come across as a heel um adam priest is a babyface he's almost like doing like the stone cold steve austin kind of uh, so I'm not, he's not like, you know, against the man, but he just, I don't know. He's just this Southern ax, 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 yeah. ass kicker right now. Cruel is basically doing a Lord Humongous gimmick, which is great. Uh, Cause that's as Southern as it gets. Um, I thought this was a fun match, but it is a three way and it's hard, especially how they're doing it. Um, you know, one guy would get laid out and this and that. Um, I mean, Priest is so small compared to these guys, um, and uh, so we, uh, you'd like you think he'd be selling a lot more, but we didn't see that as much. I like the finish where it's kind of like, you know, it, it it opens up for rematches for everybody, um, but it's so it was just odd. It, but the match got over huge. The audience treated this match, I think, like it was the main event. Everyone was that audience was buying everything they were doing. So for for that they, they they executed what they needed to do. For me, I thought it was a little chunk, clunky at times. Uh, and again, it, it that boils down to being in the three way. I just wish their identities were a little bit more from a guy coming in was a little bit more uh, uh, easier to see what they were doing. But I mean, cruel. I mean, he's clearly a monster. Um, but Alex Kane was supposed to be a heel, but he comes across more babyish. Um, and I mean, even Priest coming out with a little roll tide, it comes, it's coming to kind of, kind of heelish in Georgia. Um, but, yeah. uh, uh, but he, I guess he's like, you know, it's the same with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Once he went face, he didn't change anything. He was still a, a brawling baby face. Um, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I liked it, but I wasn't blown away by it by any stretch of the imagination. But, but I will say they got a huge, huge reactions from the crowd. Yeah, it was. It's very interesting, and there is a lot to the buildup that I think, again, as you talked about, misses. Yeah, that's what it. I was going to say. I'm sure I miss a lot of what uh, yeah. some probably callbacks and other stuff that I missed. Sure, not even just that, but just the way that Priest, as you talked about there, like yeah, like the Priest, like kind of being like Stone Cold thing. I could definitely see that, but he really earned his way into this role. It didn't like just kind of. It's just not kind of just thrown on. And as you talked about, like the size difference and should be selling more thing. It's like he's built up to where he's legitimate and credible in this way here. Um, just because he did kind of, you know, prove his way, fight his way through, uh, did the, the, the IWTV, uh, you know, there, they did the Southeast first IWTV thing. And like, he was undefeated throughout the whole season. Um, he had a big, like, 
fight brawl wild crazy thing with cruel where they brawled all over the place and used all kinds of weapons and blood and everything you know what i mean he's like mixed it up with like having branding irons he was the biggest heel people hated him and then they've just grown to love him and 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 all of that and as you talked about like he kind of stays the course of being kind of a an asshole or whatever but he's not uh he's not just like a, a pure white meat baby face and all that um but yeah i've always uh, liked his work and i think it's smart of the company to to build around him and on the indies because he's a guy who is really good, but I don't think he's ever going to get a shot really at, at at a big time promotion because of his height. Sure, he's such a good wrestler that he almost feels like he could over he could he could overcome it, but it's going to take a lot, a lot, like you said, just because he is so incredibly small. Um, and yeah, it yeah, seems like, like he needs some allies in the in the back for sure. Yes. He would need some people to really get behind him. And it's like, God, like the closest thing you could say is like, oh, you know, like Anthony Henry would be like maybe someone who would sing his praises unless Daniel Bryan just happens to be like paying attention who he's. I mean, Bryan claimed that he he was the one who saw Brian Keith and said that they should bring him in because he's paying attention to the Indies still. So maybe if he's seeing Brian Keith, I think he would see, you know, Adam Priest as well. But but, you know, it's like Anthony Henry can barely get TV time and he's got how much height on on. Yeah. priest and and the muscles and all that and like you know the xwwe guy and he's yeah. barely able to get on tv like what's what's the chance for priest, and when he's on tv he's doing jobs you know yeah exactly um, i mean they're, they're good jobs but they're jobs yeah the the alex kane thing is kind of tough to talk about the background because his his turn um is was like kind of kind of heated it was like a really heated turn because he turned on Damian Tangra. They were supposed to be best friends. They were a tag team. They're supposed to get tag team title shot, all that kind of stuff. He aligns with Shug D, who's the biggest heel in the company. Um, and so, yeah. Let, but then what kind of pulled him off is that the MLW stuff, he does not, re- he was not wrestling constantly on action shows. He's not, it doesn't seem to be around constantly and kind of has to like do the, you know, the MLW shuffle, which is like, sometimes you can barely get fucking bookings on Indies because they just don't let you, you know, take outside bookings and things like that. Um, So I think that that really cooled off the idea that he had any heat as a heel. And then the other side of it is he's so impressive and fun to watch. Yeah. That he's the kind of guy that you want to cheer for. So yep. unless you put that, I mean, it makes sense. Put him with Shug D because that's a big time heater who can actually get people to dislike him. But if you don't really reinforce that constantly and, and hit it over the head, people are going to naturally like him. He's just, he's and, really, and, and, and he's got to win because he does. Yeah. He does cool shit, but he also, yeah. I mean, he's got, has got to learn, uh, you know, maybe set up the cool shit with like a thumb to the eye and then do a great suplex. I don't know. I'm right. I, I, I'm not a wrestler, but uh, he yeah, definitely yeah. wasn't wrestling like a heel. I'll say that much. No, no. And he doesn't wrestle like, a, like I said, he doesn't wrestle like a heel in MLW either. They present him as a big time baby face who's doing it for the culture and has this big crew of proud, you know, proud black, uh, you know, group with him and all that. And it's like, yeah, like that is actually again for all the things people talk shit about Court Bauer. I do think that the, sometimes he really gets shit right. And it's like, yeah, like when I saw Alex Kane. That's what I see. Exactly what they're doing with him in MLW is what they should be doing with him. So, you know, and then obviously there's nothing to explain with cruel. Cruel was doing cruel and he does it well, Um, you know, and and he's he's good at being cruel. I talked about it with the Colby Carino match recently that like um, he's a really good canvas for workers to use cruel to just be there to be this big unmovable object. And and the quality of the match and the quality of what you get out of it is a lot of times going to be the other guy. Um, And that's why, like, 
that's why you don't hear people praising a bunch of you know iwa no holds bar matches that cruel is doing even though he's like a big time character over there because he's wrestling a bunch of deathmatch guys and just getting hit with light tubes and doing fucking yeah. funky ass bullshit that no one cares about but meanwhile here with these two especially adam priest you actually get something interesting and especially that finish like you talked about i i enjoyed everything i thought that the match was structured really well it had a lot of cute little details it was not it was also a match that was not a parachute in match so I think that there was a lot more story and background that you kind of not, not necessarily need, but I think would help you enjoy it. But oh, yeah, I'm, I'm finish, a firm believer in getting all the details, not all the details, but yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, context matters. Yeah. And then the finish I thought was really, was really cool because it wasn't, it was not a, a funky, it was not a like a fucked up finish. It wasn't like Alex cheated, which maybe could be part of the problem too. When you talk about not being a heel, he gets a, a relatively clean win, but it does involve Cruel hitting the move, him, you know, hitting the spear and then getting the getting the pin off of Cruel's move. So there is some, there's still a beef there, even if it was not an unclean finish, which I thought was done really well. Um, and so, yeah, like I like Alex Kane a lot. I like Alex Kane here as champion. Um, I think it's something that I would have been calling for and, you know, DMing Matt, why don't you put the title on Alex Kane a long, long yeah, time ago? Yeah, he looks like a blue chipper, you know? Yeah. And so now he's got it. And I think, uh, I think he, you know, is deserves it. If they can get the bookings with him and they can use him, I think he's a guy that you can book around. But I think now this is the next part of the story. And that next part of the story is what we both were talking about during reviewing this match was, the, you know, the natural next step is that the turn and Alex Kane turning on Suge D and going babyface. Yeah. And I think that that's what we really need to see as the next, you know, the obvious the next step. But uh, post-match promo from Suge, continuing to try to put on some heat. You know, the good hand have all the titles. They're in control. Fuck all this. But uh, hopefully we'll see the cracks. And as I said, get to what we should be getting. Uh, Pete, do you have any last thoughts on the match program? No. Anything else like that? No, no. But I did like, yeah, I like I like Cool's. Uh, I like how he did play monster really well and stuff. Um and sold when he needed to. Uh, they made, made made his selling made it like you know. I made the the offense earn his selling and stuff. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. He definitely, yeah, he does a good job at all that. Either way, Pete, is there is there anything you want to plug? I don't know that there's anything that you really you know nah, want to plug. But feel not free, really. not really. Nothing well, to plug. check out the check out the archives <laughs> if you, you if go. you're so inclined. There's so much. There's tons of Pete Schumacher stuff to listen to over on the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network and the and the PTBN Podcast Network as well. Stuff that's evergreen as well, like Titans of Wrestling. Um, uh, oh, geez, I'm trying to think of what the World Cast World Cast and then World Cast is yeah, so many uh, almost like yeah, Stephen Grant for Christ's sakes. Oh no, not that. Not no no no. When you have okay, when you have Titans of Wrestling that has hundreds of episodes, you don't get the yeah. Stephen I know. Graham I'm just kidding. I know. Either way. Um, I guess speaking of Stephen Graham, GWE is coming up again. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, but either way, <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, usually Quentin closes the show out with something clever, but I'm not that clever. So, bye bye. Who's the guy? I'm the guy. I'm the guy.
one is a guy, then surely, he must be the guy. This is t-shirt weather music. I'm not talking about sunlight on the strip. I'm talking that twilight by the bay t-shirt weather. Rich is a certainty. Hoop life manner. Just met her, she's nice. She said it's a good party. I feel it too. Glad it's mine. God.